Hey everybody, it's Lori with the Catch a Pocket Podcast. And tonight, episode 29, I have artist Patrick Degas. Patrick has a new opening right now for a pieces called Trials of the Golden Rat. Um, he's right now showing in Kansas City at Lady's Volcus Art Center. Um, you can check him out until January up there. Uh, it might be a good day trip. Uh, keep socially distant because artists are kind of socially distant people anyway. This is how they talk and you don't have to talk when you're looking at art. So with that, you you also have some of your best conversations looking at art. Well, with these COVID times, you know, we really need to get out there and support the artists that are creating and contributing to us. Um, Patrick's art is very thought-provoking and it's beautifully crafted. I would say it's top-notch nationally, if not even worldwide. So if you get a chance and you've never seen Patrick, please do. And if you've seen him, you know what I'm talking about. And with that, here's my interview with Patrick Degas. Enjoy. here with Patrick Degas at the Fish House doing a remote location catch a pocket podcast and um, so basically thanks for coming or thanks for letting me come to you <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> I'm used to just having people at my house yeah it's harder to do lately um, so thank you for having me and Absolutely. okay we're just gonna start from the beginning when you were born and oh. kind of work our way. Oh and my. I, I mean, okay. you can be kind of fragmented when it comes to your early days or whatever. But okay. But we'd like to get to the point where we're going to talk about something of inspiration to you. Okay. Okay. All right. That sounds fun. Okay. Well, um, so I was born in upstate New York, New Hartford, New York, okay. uh, which was um, I. Close to um, Utica, New York. My 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 mom and dad grew up in Watertown, New York, uh-huh. which is way way upstate. And in fact, my my um, fraternal grandfather, my dad's dad, mm-hmm. uh, served in World War II uh, with Jimmy Stewart up in Fort Fort Drum. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, he was a bombardier, and 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 Jimmy Stewart was his, uh, I think, his squadron commander. I mean, oh, okay. Um, I mean, these these are memories of a. I mean, I 
you know, my grandfather died years and years ago, but my right. dad talked about it a little bit here and there. But, um, but Fort Drum is, uh, in the past was where they used to do Siberia training because the snow oh, uh, right. was, you know, uh, the snow drifts got up to... basically in Canada even then, right? Uh, yeah. Like and air way up there. The snow was amazing. I remember when I was a kid, um, my grandfather, that same grandfather actually had a heart attack and we drove up to, and we lived in Utica, which was, I think, two, three hours away mm -hmm. from Watertown. And <clears throat> we, we drove up to um, just be with the family and stuff. And basically what had happened was he was trying to keep up with the snow, mm -hmm. shoveling his front sure. uh, you know, his, his front sidewalk, had the heart attack. When we got up there, the snow drifts were well over 12 feet. And wow. I remember being in our little station wagon, or huge station wagon, actually. Right. <laughs> wood paneled, 70s. you know, yeah. 70s station wagon. And we were driving, and you couldn't see. It was like tunnels of snow. Wow. It was amazing. We, my, I remember that. We, I mean, it was terrible. My grandfather had the heart attack. He, he lived after that. But um, for us kids, I mean, we were young. We we had a blast, but you know, in the snow, we didn't quite get what was going on, but, sure. but I remember, uh, my brother and I jumping out of the attic windows into the snow on the, you know, wow. from the third, like the, like the third, fourth floor, you know, just and be able to go in there and like tunnel your way out. Yeah. Or something. It was I mean, oh, wow. thank God we didn't hit any fences or anything, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. like we were pretty stupid, but, but well, yeah, so yeah, exactly. But I don't think those that sort of snowfall happens anymore up in New York. Not like know? that. Mm -mm. It's changed. Huh. But uh, but yeah, I remember that distinctly as a kid. It was. And how old was that about? I was probably between seven and ten okay. at that time. And how long did you live in New York? Uh, so, like I said, my my parents grew up there, so all my family was from you know. Watertown and Syracuse and Ithaca and all that up there. Mm -hmm. And then, but my dad got a job with NCR. He used to work for General Electric mm -hmm. in, in um, uh, Utica. And then he got the job in South Carolina. So we moved from upstate oh. New York to Irmo, Whoa. South Carolina. The Yankees are in town. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Poor so <laughs> it was a, it was a huge culture shock. I was 11 at the time. And that was the year that Star Wars came out. Oh, nice! So I got At to least see you Star. Had that. Yeah, it was it was weird. I met you know I was sad to leave all my friends and everything, and and I didn't you know the the landscape is so different. You know, you upstate yeah. New York is just gorgeous with deciduous Farm trees and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, Hills like and like the fall. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. and snow. Right, and and um. You know, for a kid, snow was amazing. You know, that right. kind of snow was amazing. Totally. Um, sled and play. Build forts. Build, and, yeah. Yeah, which was probably my my first start um, architecture, you know, like sure. uh, uh, dive into architecture because I actually have my degree in architecture. Um, oh, okay. We can talk about that later. Sure. But, but I think I'm pretty sure that's how it all kind of started, building rooms out of snow and, sure. you know. And, and making them putting them in blocks or whatever, exactly. you know, and then mm -hmm. making actual igloos and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, That's exactly cool. right. And so, okay. And yeah, so you're in now. Now we're in South Carolina. South Carolina. What part? 
so Irmo was close to Columbia, kind of cent- okay. sort of in the in the center inland. Mm-hmm. Um, what was nice about South Carolina was it was equally close to the ocean mm-hmm. as it was to the mountains. So three hours either way from where we lived, we could hit go camping up in the yeah in either spot. Right. So, and the ocean Did was great. Did you go great. to Myrtle Beach? Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head Island, okay. uh, m- mostly hunting island was where we. That's where you liked. Yeah, my for parents love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, so that was my. F- I had seen the ocean up in Massachusetts when I was a kid up in when I lived right. up north, but um, that was probably my first. Like beachy kind of mm-hmm. thing, because up there it's colder. Oh yeah, you're not you're, jumping in the water. No, Mm-mm. and there's, but there's sharks on the whole thing at some point. But I've been to Myrtle and a few of the Hilton Head and those, and it's pretty. It's like mm-hmm. Florida pretty, you know. Yeah, we would even go. We'd we'd go in the winter where you know we'd get a cabin. Um, you could rent cabins on the on the on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I think we did one Christmas there one year. Nice. It was, just, it was amazing. Because yeah, it's cheaper and it's like mm-hmm. off season. Yeah, costs. nobody's there. Yeah. And, and I think we did that one time for like Thanksgiving. We went to Myrtle Beach and rented the whole penthouse of a hotel. Uh-huh. And then. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I just remembered. It was really fun. So <laughs> your husband, uh-huh. Phil, his sister, Jenny. Yeah. So I first met her when I moved from I was at school at K State, so I'm jumping around here a little bit, but okay. I I just got my degree in architecture and I started work in Wichita and I moved into those little apartments on Oakland Street. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was in the pink building and uh, Jenny That's lived, cool yeah, and yeah. she lived above me. So uh, when I first moved in, I think I'd been in there maybe a day, maybe <laughs> two, and I I remember sitting on the front steps. the The power was out. And Jenny had just come home from work. Uh, I think she worked at the mall at the time, mm. you know. And I'm I'm like 23, maybe. And you're doing your degree? Or and you... I'd already done, I, I, it was a five-year program at K-State okay. Architecture. And then, um, and I started working at a firm that mm-hmm. worked on mostly Pizza Hut stuff. Uh-huh. And it was, it was just really art, good money and, and basically or? it was mostly architecture so okay. so so i didn't study art i i studied architecture okay but i always knew i wanted to be a, a painter an artist uh-huh. so um my plan was to make as much money in this little amount of time as possible pay off whatever right. debts i had and then just quit and then just paint and in the meantime i would you know and i started at that time you know, Kent and Eric and I were, so Eric Schmidt and Kent Williams, my, my partners here at Fish House, Thanks. along with John Arnett, we, we started playing around with, with um, you know, these sort of hit and run projects, hit, hit and run shows. So, but this was a little bit, that was after this. So anyway, okay. to finish that story. So I'm sitting on the front steps of the pink building there. Mm-hmm. And Jenny comes home from work and the power's out and we just start talking and she's like, well, do you want to come up for, I think, you know, you want to come up for a drink or something? I'm like, yeah. And we had a candle going and oh, sure. we started talking about, um, S- South Carolina that, I mean, like, oh, where right, did you sure. live? And I, and 
they're they're uh they were from Irmo too. Like in fact, Whoa. I think or no, not them. They're right. somebody in their family that they or their aunt or I can't remember now. It's been right. so long. But we ha- suddenly we had this connection, and I remember pulling out my old uh, high school yearbook from Irmo before uh-huh. I I'd moved to Wichita when I was you know there. Oh, there. I think she had an aunt that, or Phil and Jenny had an aunt who uh, taught at Irmo. Oh, wow. And so her picture was in my yearbook. Holy cow. Yeah, exactly. And so, so small world, right? Yeah, small world. And then, and then you know, she invited me out, and that's how I met Phil and right. the whole crew. And right. that's how I kind of got. Phil is such your uh, greatest supporter. He, We have a newer house, and it has a whole wall of your art. But, uh yeah, so he calls you Patrick. Oh yeah, and that, and the, he calls me that because that night when Jennifer invited me out to the bar, uh-huh. uh, it was the spot, uh-huh. and and that's the you know so spot. we were all hanging out and she introduced me to everybody, Kate Mix and all you the, know everybody, yeah. and Justin and right. uh, you know <clears throat> and so and I I told this story. I, um, in college, a couple buddies of mine and I went to New York City, and we were doing the you know the tourist thing. And we had a friend that worked, and the friend that we crashed on his floor uh-huh. in, in this tiny, tiny apartment. He actually was an architect that worked in the Plaza Hotel on the top floor. There was an architect. I don't. I, it's so weird to think about it now, but yeah. at the time, I mean, this was what thirty years ago. At the time, uh, there, yeah. he, there was an office up there, and, he, and, and um, Doug li- worked up there. And so uh, one day we were out wandering around, um, and we decided to go visit him at his office, our friend. We go into the, we go into the lobby of the Plaza Hotel, and we're just going to hit the elevators and go up to our friend's office. <clears throat> and I look over, and I see the hair and the brown leisure suit, uh-huh. and I'm like, holy crap, that's James Brown. And my cool. friends are all like, no, it's not. I'm like, seriously. And we had been playing this game where because we were in New York, we would see somebody and go, oh, there's Phil Collins. And it was just some bald right. dude, you know. Totally. Or I would totally do you that You know, too. and we were just goofing around. But yeah. this time I'm like, no, that's James Brown. I swear yeah. to God. So these guys are giving me a hard time. And so then I, I'm like, well, screw you guys. So I go up to the, the, <laughs> the desk, front desk, and I grab a pen and I have my, I have a, a notebook. Oh no, I grabbed a, I had a flyer. Mm-hmm. I, I have this piece of paper. I have proof. <laughs> um, That's great. So I go up and James Brown is talking to a woman who's just obviously boring him. And he's not paying that much attention. He's got this huge mountain of a guy behind him who's his bodyguard. Sure. Right? And he's, he's talking about some story. And I interrupt him. I'm like, Mr. Brown. Can yeah. I please have your autograph? He's like, sure enough. So then he turns around and, and meanwhile, he's he's interjecting. This woman is now talking to the bodyguard and and I don't know what she's talking about, but he kept interjecting like, yeah, and I got one of them for my wife too, you know, <laughs> while he's writing, right? So he's kind of half with me and half with the woman. Yeah. And so he has my pen upside down in his hand. Oh my goodness. Because I handed it to him the wrong way. Right. And he's, you know, he's not paying attention. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a, a fly right here. Right. So he, he's writing this and I'm like, holy crap, I'm not going to get his signature because it's the yeah. wrong way up. 
So I literally took the pen out of his hand and, and put it back oh in, God. and he didn't even notice. Like, and he finished. And he finished the thing, and it's, and he wrote, and then and then he dismissed me, uh-huh, you know. Sure. And then, uh, so I have the thing, and it says it's to Patrick. Patrick. Rocky, uh, that's Rocky, one, 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 one. You know, and yeah. he was doing Rocky four at the time, yeah. and <laughs> one, one, he, one, and one, he one. and he misspelled <laughs> my name, which you know, yeah, whatever. But it's P A T A T R I C K, and I just thought that is awesome. Yeah, I am Patrick now, I and, am Patrick. and I told that story with all the uh, all all, all the guys. Yeah, the and so they they all and you can tell that group. You know, because they'll all call me Patrick. You know, if you're a member of that group. Exactly. Okay. They still do so to this day. The, yeah, it's true. I I say, I said, I get to interview Patrick. And he said, Patrick, <laughs> exactly. first thing out of his Exactly. Mouth. We moved from South Carolina to Wichita when I was, uh, oh, my, my senior year in high school. So, oh, wow. So uh, I, I, you know, I, I kind of reinvented myself several times. You know, when you move, you, you can kind of start over, you yeah. know. So, As a young person especially, you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, I was, I was into comic books and kind of nerdy and chubby. And, you know, and we moved to um, Wichita. And I dropped a bunch of weight and mm-hmm. realized that I really wanted to hang out with girls. And so yeah. I couldn't talk about comic books anymore, <laughs> you know. And... and uh, and yeah, and I met met Eric, who's you know been my partner at Fish House uh, in in school, and right. I, I got on the yearbook staff, and I would do a lot of the illustrations or you know do a lot of the layouts and stuff, and I got to know everybody. You know, coming in fresh out of you know from nowhere, your last year of school, everybody else has kind of grown up together, and you're you okay. know. And that's and I where managed, you met Eric at school. Mm-hmm. And, and what I managed school is that? Uh, Capen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we were Catholic, and so my yeah. dad got me into Capen. And <clears throat> I remember living here because dad moved me here by myself my senior year. I was 16. I was I was y- a year younger than everybody because I was, I'm in that, I have an October birthday, so I, they could choose to even oh, okay. put me in late or early, and they put me in early. And I think, frankly, I think that always kind of um, held me back. Like I was always proud of the fact that I was – Smart younger enough to keep up with the yeah but I, but but i think i think emotionally or um maturity wise mm-hmm. i was i wasn't in the same level so i was always kind of a skip a beat behind everybody right you know sure. and so i think that kind of um helped to make my life slightly miserable growing up and sure, you know like as a kid more miserable than being a regular teenager exactly yeah, and sure. so met eric middle met um a lot of the a lot of the guys um uh, my friends um that i still kind of keep in touch with from and, and from capen in high wow, school not cool. not a, a ton just because again i didn't grow up with any of those guys sure. but i i got to know them just because i was on the yearbook staff and i right. there was a, a good crew and we spent a lot of time together and i think yeah. actually i think working there was and eric was a photographer i remember that um and that's but Eric I, Schmidt. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice person. Oh yeah. yeah. He's and super smart, really gifted. He's working on all kinds of amazing things right now. He's I believe it. Lots of patents and he's yeah. He's an inventor. He really is too. He just he 
his mind is constantly on the, the sound couch. hole. Does yeah. still have a sound hole? Yeah, we have all yeah. sound holes yeah. now. We're like yeah. sound holes full. Working at yearbook and in the yearbook staff, I think hanging out with them a lot, a lot of the day mm-hmm. versus just going to a class all the time, I think um, that prepared me for architecture school. You know, okay. I, I mean, it kind of... I understood how a studio worked, right? Right. And in and in and in architecture school. So so Eric actually was the one that that um, I think he and I went up to uh, K State's open house okay. for architecture in the architecture program, and it was amazing, you know. Right. And and I oh, was yeah. I was still thinking I wanted to be an artist, and my dad was like, "Oh, you got to do something practical," you right. know, and. You know, being a young sort of creative person, I was like, oh, what a, you know, stay true right. to my, you know. <laughs> but then when I went to the open house, and I, I'd had this interest in architecture already, but um, when I went to the open house, uh, I saw there was structure. There was also, and structure, I mean it in many, many definitions, but. Right. Um, Good, clean spaces. The yeah that well know, that kind of thing. Ex- like yeah. the whole the whole experience was mm-hmm. what the structure of the experience was was uh intriguing to me and seeing the the renderings of of these these buildings that had not right. been built yet and you know the imaginations that were going on here i i was really impressed and so um so yeah so i i did architecture and i loved it i mean i knew i wasn't going to be an architect even you know, throughout this, I mean, um, that I wanted to end up being an artist, but being, it's amazing how much it has informed my work. You know, I, I understand how things go together. I, my work is, I mean, I'm painting on sheetrock and building my own frames and, right. you know, um, and, and, and one of the, actually one of the most important things that I think I learned from architecture school studying for example Frank Lloyd Wright mm. who what I loved about Frank Lloyd Wright's design and there were some faults obviously but um, there's some funny stories about him but he thought about everything mm-hmm. he thought about the light switches yeah, that are cool. built in he thought about you know the the artwork that hung on the walls he thought about the the clothing, the like, he would design a gown that the the person, you know, the the hostess, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. homeowner would wear dur- if she's being a host, a hostess wow, at a crazy. party in his place. So he wanted, and maybe that's a control freak thing, <laughs> and I know <laughs> sure, I am, sure. yeah. But but I just love that idea that that somebody thought of everything. Like right. when you walk into a space, sight, sounds, all the all the sensations are taken into consideration. And, right. I, and I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that is. And I've tried to translate that through all of my exhibitions. So, right. you know, art doesn't stop at the canvas. Right. You know, it, it, it goes, it's, you have to think Everything. about the presentation, yeah. the framing, the lighting that's right. on the framing, the, the walls that the, that the pieces are going on. The, so these light boxes that I'm building, so these are these are yeah, um, awesome. large scale drawings that I've blown up on and and printed onto uh, uh, acrylic 
panels mm -hmm. and they're translucent with drawing uh, printed behind, but it looks like it's on top. I mean, it's, it's yeah. meant to be visual on top and then built these light boxes with LEDs behind it. And one of the things that I, that I, I don't like seeing cords generally, right. you know, where you see, and I didn't want it to be bad. I mean, batteries, you have to then take it, you know, put batteries right. in and there's, and, I, but I wanted you to, I wanted the piece to be kind of floating on the wall. Well, I have to have a cord, right? right? So instead of having an orange extension cord or a black plastic cord coming from sure. this thing, I found this old retro cloth covered, uh, Cordage? Cord that you might yeah. see on an old iron or an old heat lamp or yeah, something from the before. yeah, and there there's uh, several companies that that make you know the versions of that that are brand new. It's brand new, but it's right. the and and they're beautiful. Like they have patterns, houndstooth patterns yeah, or stripe cool. patterns, and so I gave each one of these boxes 25 feet of cord because I don't want there to have to be an extension cord because you never know where your outlet's going to be right. right and so even the even the plug that is a vintage plug uh -huh. you know a, a retro vintage plug and because you're gonna and so i've made the cord an integral part of the piece yeah, that's rather cool. than just a, because otherwise you'd just be looking at a crappy plastic cord and and right. it's definitely visible you right. know i'm always amazed that when people when 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 you go into people's houses, you know, they might have a beautifully painted wall and right in the middle of the wall is this crappy plastic thermostat or a, yeah. a junky outlet cover that's taupe colored, you know, right. why don't we think about these things? Yeah, why, why, don't, why can't you make that look like a work of art too? Yeah. You know, it's, so it's just the color. It blends in right. or it, it disappears. So anyway yeah, so cool. my shows i i try to consider in fact the old fish house shows were so influenced by this idea like we i remember we would um you know a lot of times you have an opening and you have uh, a table full of you know chips and Foods. you know yeah, yeah food uh you know two liter bottles of pop yeah sometimes. and <laughs> and it's and it, and it looks like crap yeah you know always. and within an hour it just it's decimate you know yeah, yeah. And so we decided, okay, our first art show, the first fish house show um, that, well, we called it the fish shows at that time. We didn't have fish house at that time, but okay. was in Old Town before Old Town was Old Town. Right. And we went into a, a, an old warehouse. We paid, uh, I think it was Sheldon Kamen. We paid him 50 bucks for the night. It was a Friday night. Uh -huh. And he gave us the key like a day before, and we cleaned as well as we could in a day, hung everything. One day. One day. And then oh, we, wow. we, and we had a crew, you know, we had friends that came sure. and helped. And this was our very first show. And we, you know, there weren't special lights or anything. So we had to kind of create these lights. You know, we, <laughs> I think we ended up, oh, this is terrible, but we, I remember, I think we ended up buying a bunch of you know, lights Spot from Walmart lights. Yeah. and then save the receipts, you know, so, but, oh, but like had to, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, we, we hung as many lights as we could. And, yeah. um, but the food, we just duct taped boxes of cereal, classic cereals to the columns that were in the space. Oh, wow. And that was our food and people would just read. Oh. I mean, this is before COVID, right? Yeah, COVID. You could before reach into COVID. the box and totally. just, so here are these people in suits, like, 
eating, you know, eating, you know, or different. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) And so ever since then, we decided, okay, the food is part of the show. Right. And so that became, you know, and then there was music and then we would have, you know, uh, theater elements and music elements, you know, Split Lake Rayfield played at one of our shows, you know, and or a couple of our shows. And we had um, we had uh, Eddie Martinez. He was living in Wichita and we met him through a mutual friend and uh, I think John Bolden now actually brought him over and yeah. um, Dan Rouser. Anyway, he, we, we decided to uh, see if he wanted to do a, a dance routine at our, at one of our shows. Right. And he, so we set up a, a kind of a sort of a stage all the way at that time. Um, I think it was in the old fish house, which is just North of here. Right. The, the Diver Studio now, that's John Ernat's place, John and Connie Ernat's place, but that was the original Fish right. House. Okay. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was, you know, there was nothing in the space. So you could look from the, when you walked okay. into the space Shotgun. all the way to the back. Yeah, exactly. And we lit him, we lit Eddie, Eddie on this stage all the way out on, on the gravel train track, you know, right. or around there. And... He had a wedding dress on and did oh, this wow. amazing dance. Right. And I think, I mean, he tells that he comes back to Wichita every once in a while. And we, we hung out a couple Thanksgivings ago. Uh-huh. And he was saying how that, that he had so much fun at that thing. And he was so inspired because I think he was a little bit bummed out to be back in Wichita. I think he had to come back for family reasons or sure. something or other. Proud so that kind of inspired him to move forward and yeah. keep going with his career and not, yeah. not give up. You know? it was, it's amazing how many um, wonderful creative people are from or live in Wichita. I think so, too. Yeah. and it's, I, I, I'm trying to capture it all as much as I can, you know, as yeah. much as anyone will allow me to. Absolutely. That's what I, I'm just like, I'm going to keep doing it until... Until I die or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. I think there needs to be more documentation of it. I think um, so, too, especially during this time. Because today we're taping this on Halloween. Yeah. And a, a pivotal, like, how many days? Four days before we vote? I mean, the very last oh day Oh, my to gosh, vote. yeah. And, and it, so, I mean, this is a really tumultuous time for... America. I saw you voted already, right? Yes, sir, I did. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mail-in vo- mail-in ballot, but I walked it over to the, you know, yeah. up the street. You know that that the the they're arena doing is it, a uh, interest bank arena. They're yeah. doing it, and uh, Phil and I we drove to that city at the city building at the courthouse. Yeah, that's where I usually have voted in yeah. the past, but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy time. Crazy time. Hopefully, it works out for us. Yeah. Um, anyway, so your first shows here at the Fish House. Do you want to kind of talk about um, still when you graduated from K State in architecture? Is that where you met Elizabeth? No. So, so I met Eric in high school, and I knew John. John also went to Capen, and I met John. I knew his brother. Mm-hmm. I met him after school when I moved back to Wichita when I lived on Oakland and all that. And then I met Kent. Um, in, he and I went to school together at K State. So I met Kent oh, at okay. K State, and we we he was in my class at at 
at, um, in architecture school. So we, oh, and we, we, we collaborated a lot. So we, you know, we were already kind of working together all throughout school and Eric was too, you know, but Eric mm-hmm. switched. But anyway, um, but Elizabeth uh, came much later. So okay. Elizabeth was in town and she actually started dating Kent. Okay. Um, and then they they kind of remained friends. And then I just kept running into Elizabeth. She, she's a swimmer. So I would run into her at the Y. At the I, y. I'm also a swimmer. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, we just, you know, just polite chatting at first. Chat, and, yeah. and we realized like we were just, like we would spend an hour at the at the, at the you know on one end of the lane right just chatting and then i'd be like oh okay well i guess we it didn't sh- work out at w- all yeah or <laughs> whatever and so and we just started hanging out it was really um really pretty nice now elizabeth came she, so she's canadian mm-hmm. and she studied architecture at mcgill in montreal okay and um, which is where Moshe Softy comes from. Oh, okay. And Moshe Softy, of course, did our exploration place, which coincidentally was... So Elizabeth moved <laughs> to Wichita, and she ha- you'll have to interview her on that because it is a long story, but it's an amazing story. Okay. And somehow she was traveling all over the world, never thought about coming to the U.S., mm-hmm. um, and then somehow through a weird series of events found herself in Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. <clears throat> broke, you know, um, wandering around and saw the huge rendering of the building that was going to be Exploration Place. Right. And she's like, holy crap, that's Moshe Safdi. And, mm-hmm. she, of course, she's super familiar with Moshe Safdi. So she found the architect that was, uh, the architecture firm that was sort of the in-town in uh Facilitator? Facilitator, so to speak. Is that uh, Schaefer Schaefer Johnson, Johnson, Cox Cox and Fry? Fry. Exactly right. And so she got a job there and started. So that's how she came to Wichita and how she was, what she was doing here. Okay. So this was years ago. And she basically, when when we decided that we needed to be together, we, we, I mean, it was amazing. We just, she just moved in and, Uh and. Like uh, all at once, bam. It was no, this. absolutely no question there, huh, which is cool. was really strange for me. I'd never given given any thought to having anybody in my space, <laughs> um, but that that worked out. Um, that was just kind of a natural progression, and then That's so good. then I and I was um, basically we just started working together on various projects and right. and uh, but but yeah, that's how that's how we kind of. Um, that's how she got, and, and so the year we met, the we, the year we decided to be together, um, she took me to Montreal and we drove my, um, diesel rabbit pickup, um, <laughs> which was like a go-kart Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, drove it all the way to Canada, all the way to Canada and, um, I think it. I think Did it make it? It totally made it. Well, kind, we had to, luckily, well, I had to get AAA, basically. Uh-huh. We realized that. Before we go, let's get AAA. Because I, and we used the hell out of AAA because oh, we really? had to get towed several times. <laughs> we figured as long as we can make it 100 miles here, I mean, they'll tow you within 100 miles of right. someplace, you know. And we, <laughs> we, we, we definitely awesome. used that 
um, availed ourselves of that service. And so, but yeah, so we drove, we packed our bikes, my, my, uh, drawing, my, you know, my art tools, my uh-huh. tools and clothes. What you could fit in the back of that pickup. Yeah. And then just drove to Montreal and we were there for several months and we were staying with, with friends yeah. and then, um, and then we've just been going back every year. Are you guys dual citizens? She is a dual citizen. Uh-huh. She's she. Her mother was American and her dad's Canadian. Okay. And so she has dual citizenship. I was just wondering, were you able to don't. go this year? No. Aww. If she wanted to go, she could have. But because she has citizenship. She has citizenship right? there. She was born there. But me, I I couldn't go. But I, you know, we go normally every year. This year was yeah, it was a wash. It's a special year. Yeah. Yeah, maybe next year you could drive if they let Americans in. Let's I don't blame them for crossed. not, though. No, me neither. I really don't because we're just being jerks. Yeah, I agree. Plain and simple. I agree. And as a matter of fact, I have a couple of friends there. I want to say it's Montreal, but it's probably not. Um, is that in the northwest? Um, Montreal? It's, it's um, let's see, it's six hours it's six or nine hours from New York City. I think it's six hours. To... Oh, so it's on the east. It's on or the east. Yeah, east. it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's on the St. Lawrence River. Um, okay, so these buddies they live on the opposite side over there by right by uh, Washington State. Oh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So so Montreal. It's there. So are my there. when we visit when we were visiting my my relatives up in upstate New York, mm-hmm. it's a from where I grew up mm-hmm. is about three hours from Montreal. So Elizabeth and I kind of grew up in the same within a region, three hour yeah. region. That's of each really other. that's didn't know each other. I mean, we met course. in yeah. Wichita, Kansas, of all places. But so crazy. Yeah. So okay, what do you want to tell me about um, when you guys decided to buy this second fish house? Like well, what, what all happened to make that deal so go down? We were renting up the street the the excuse me, uh four twenty four commerce, mm-hmm. which was which is now the diver studio. And we the uh the Bob uh, John and Bob Finn, John, who was the owner at that time, mm-hmm. um, who rented it to us, approached us with a deal if we wanted to buy it, he would rig it up for us to buy. Okay. Which was really really cool. I think and that's we were John Ernat. No, that, no, no, no. John John, John Finn. John Finn. Well, okay. John Ernat was in that deal, but yeah, is he that what you're asking? The, yeah. Well, so no, it was John was, and I basically. Right. John Ernat and I, and then John Finn is the 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 guy that owned the Previously buildings. Owners. Yeah. yeah. So they owned a bunch of distri- They owned a distributorship which distributed you know appliances or whatever, and they owned all these warehouses. Mm-hmm. And down here, there was really nobody living. I mean, a few stragglers. I think um, there uh, there was a guy named Eric who who lived in in a couple. Doug. Anyway, those guys <laughs> lived up there. I think right. they had an electronics business kind of thing. But yeah, because it was kind of like the train tracks are right behind you guys, yeah. and this was. Storage. This would have been like, here's where all the sugar in town well, went. Well, broom corn. It was a broom corn storage oh, okay. facility. These were built, I, if my understanding is correct, th- these were all built to store broom corn. I guess uh-huh. can't, Wichita was the broom corn capital of the world at one time, I guess. 
if my history is correct. What the so hell is broom corn? I think it's the it's like the what you make brooms from is what I thought. Maybe it's oh. but oh, I mean we still find gotcha. like straw like stuff in the you like know, the between real the cool, joists and stuff. Uh, brooms. The, I think the old so. Stuff. That's that's my guess. Okay. I, I don't know. So 100%. maybe they had like a little broom corn factory here. Or and they were getting the raw materials on yeah. the train and then yeah. whatever. And there's a shipping dock out well, front. And the so front well, the front them. was the back and the back was the front because really? they would unload the... Because tr- it used to, you know, the train tracks oh. are on the back side now. And they would, you know, on the... Let's see, that's the east side now. Uh-huh. And they would pull up and just load in and load out. And this, this the front, that was that was actually the back and the trucks would... You know, so it was the opposite. Interesting. But, it, but now, you know. Totally different than what my mind had. Yeah, because the, the, the roof of the building actually slopes to the front. Huh. That is now, so which would be the opposite Back. normally. Okay. So um, he he owned several of the buildings down here, but it, he he, want, he was like, I'll, I'll just sell you this, and then you just pay me the mortgage payments, and I'll carry the note, whatever. Because <clears throat> no bank would loan us money we have no money you know right. I, mean, I was doing um construction work um right. to make you know my as long as i made my i think at the time i needed 600 bucks a month to keep things going so you would do what you needed to to make that frame pictures right. and do and i helped eric, eric and i would build eric schmidt and i would build decks and we would okay you know do stuff like that and uh, I, w- I also was a stagehand out at Century Two a lot, okay. and with, with Chris Mullen, who was sure. our lighting guy for years and, yeah, and tech guy. Anyway, so um, we were going to buy that building, and then something happened where Bob, uh, John Finn, the owner of the building, he got this deal from I guess it was U.S. Supply who owned it at that time, but there were. It's the fish house and then three of the buildings that went that were north of here mm-hmm. and then a parking lot. And then John Finn's building came after that and then the old the old fish house, right? Uh-huh. So <clears throat> he wanted that parking lot on the side. And he he didn't right. own it, but he wanted to buy that. And they wouldn't sell it to him unless he bought all of these buildings. Uh-huh. So then he came back around to us and said, Tell you what, I'm gonna sell you for the same price as I was gonna sell you that building. Uh-huh. I'm going to sell you this one instead. And we were like, I don't know. And then we came over here. We actually broke in because, uh-huh. you know. There was no one here. It was totally vacant. It was vacant. I mean, there were pigeons living in here. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> we broke in in the back and we walked around and it was amazing. It was yeah. huge. It was almost twice the size. Yeah, because divers are very small. Three. Like, I mean, it's not it's very big, small. It's still big, but it's, it's. It has this coziness that. I think this, diver this is, is about like, eleven thousand square feet, maybe total, and this one is like twenty-one thousand yeah. square feet. So three floors. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, so we um, we were like, hell yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and we were super excited, but suddenly I, we were on a, under a time crunch. Like we he we needed to complete the deal after a certain. I didn't I didn't have the down payment. Right. And this was my chance, you know, so I needed to come up with, you know, a chunk of money that I just didn't have. And I right. ended up selling my car. Was to it that a, same diesel rabbit pickup truck? N- no, this was before that. Oh, so okay. this was the diesel came after, after. I. Okay, okay. And I, but I, this was when I was working out at, at when I was working in the firm, this uh-huh. was, um, 
I had, I had quit my job and I was doing art full time, but I had my old car, which I, it was a, it was a Volkswagen Jetta that I was able yeah. to afford because I had a halfway decent job yeah, before. Yeah, like a classy job. A classy job, yeah. A paying job, yes. Um, So anyway, I had this car. So I ended up selling that car to, and this banker was great, um, Jim Bunk, um, some small bank, um, said he would would give me the loan and it could be a short, I could turn it around as soon as I was able to pay it off. Like he, anyway, he helped me out a lot. Right. So I had the chunk to do the down payment and that, and then we bought the building and Basically, it was the same. I had to come up with the same amount of money as I did in the old place while I was renting. Uh-huh. And then, and we bought the building. It was John and I and another guy, Phil Philip Bomber. He ended up. Um, he was a great furniture designer. Okay. And so um, he was doing. He had the shop in the back. And anyway, for whatever reason, we he wanted out. So we bought him out. Yeah. And Eric and Kent bought in. I'm skipping oh, okay. some steps, but basically right, sure, that's yeah, how, yeah. and we were showing together and we ended up buying the, the building and then we just kind of divvied up the spaces and everybody got their own spaces and, and we had shows and yeah. Yeah. Great shows. Mm, uh, like, it was fun. Boy. Yeah. Uh, just taught me so much about art and everything. And, and they're just the highest quality. I, I feel like better than or the same at least equal level as anywhere in the country well it's funny we so well it's kind of interesting because uh at the time you know we were we were showing in hit and run places like i said where we would go into an empty space give somebody some money set up have 48 hours and that's all you have exactly and people would just swarm the place it was this you know big big multimedia extravaganza Mm -hmm. and then and then we'd empty it out, and it and it was an exhausting time. Yeah. But one year we we went into the Wichita Community Theater. Okay. Which was the one in College Hill, the right on Fountain bit. Street. Yeah, that's a yeah. neat little. It was like place. an old synagogue, I think, at first, uh, and then it a was a little church, is what it looks like. Yeah. Like, or a school building, like an old school building. Yeah. But it's a really old building that yeah. has stained glasses and stuff. Exactly. Like and then they do now plays it's a theater. It now. Yeah. yeah, it's great and it's community it's, place. Yeah. yeah, and it's right tucked in a in a neighborhood. Oh yeah. An old neighborhood, right? The College Hill. So we did the show in there and at the time this is how we met Chris Mullen. He was the one of the lighting guys in that okay. theater. And he would work nights and do lighting. So suddenly we're nice using man. yeah, and yeah. we he started he kind of introduced us to theatrical lighting because that's all the lighting they had in there okay so now we're using the lights that they have in the theater to light our work and And it's so much better right oh my god like we were using these 750 watt fresnels or or these Mm. you know source fours to to you know which (laughs) are these focus you can you can focus focus. they have these barn door you know they call them shutters barn doors that you can you know, uh-huh. and you can you can actually box in you know a rectangular piece where no light is on Anywhere anything, on just the on the piece, yeah, that's right? That's so cool. And that became a signature sort of element of our of right. our shows because yeah, so you use them still, still. well these are these. the actually the, we can get barn doors for these, but these this yeah. is a newer track lighting system that. Uh, you know, one well in the old days, right? We <laughs> we would rent the lights because you know, obviously right. the 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 um, the theater had it had them already in there. But 
we would go to okay. TSI, a local theatrical services um, sure. place on uh, Washington, and they were so awesome to us. They always cut us deals. Like if it wasn't a busy nice. weekend or whatever, right. we kind of square it with them months in advance and say, "This is what we need." Uh-huh. And they would they would rent us, you know, half price sometimes, or cool. or you know, That's just. Nice. Pennies nice on the to dollar. Have that support you, you know? Totally, yeah. and and they loved coming to the shows too. So, and we would. I remember one show in particular. We had Chris had somehow scored a huge because we didn't have the amount of <coughs> power that we needed right. when we came into this building at first because th- this was just a warehouse. It didn't right. have the amount of. So we had to kind of, well. <laughs> Basically, what had happened was Run we extension cores from another building. It, over well, here. we were going. We were, we <laughs> kind of worked it out with the guy next door, who ended up being a complete jerk. And he he decided to like once we had already rented the lights, had them on the dock, we we're ready to install them. He comes over and says, "I'm not going to help you." Well, you know, just a total yeah. jerk. And not so cool. now we're we're kind of screwed. And, and back then, you know, we didn't have power accessible like we do right now. So, I mean, like, you know, on the, um, we don't have, we didn't have outlets on the floor right. or all the things that we have now. So I'm sure you've added boxes and things. Oh, absolutely. All the know. electrical is, right. is done by us. But, but back then, right, we, we, and I'm not talking about the main power that we were getting from the guy next door, but I'm talking about just getting the power to the actual instruments, right? Mm-hmm. We had to run... I'm not I'm not kidding miles of cable like huge black cable all snaking it all through the joists in order oh, to get wow. each light its own power right right and then <laughs> you know and then run it to a central box that right. then that's what we needed to get power from next door so okay he he screwed us so then Eric had a friend that we went to high school with that worked at KG&E at the time. Oh, and wow. he, he told us how to actually Go hook straight into the, into the line outside. Yeah, so basically, it's very dangerous. It's super dangerous and stupid. But, you know, we were young. And, and, and you had like a timeline and, and we, it was like yeah. up, right? So we, he told us how to do it. And he said, you didn't hear it from me. Right. And don't kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the pieces of advice he said was... Keep an eye on it. If it looks like it's glowing, turn it off. Turn, shut it all down. Yeah. And so, like, we, all <laughs> night, you know, one of us would, you know, look Go outside out there, and then we'd, like, <laughs> give everybody a thumbs up, like, okay, we're good. We're not yeah. on fire today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. that, that was just nuts. But, um, but it's funny because people used to come into the shows and they would think, oh, these are backlit. How do you do it? You know, and they'd look behind right. the piece to try to see where the light's ah. coming. Because it didn't occur to them that light from the ceiling could be that concise, right? right? Which is funny because now I'm doing these light boxes where like, I'm actually going back to yeah. that. Yeah, and so I'm kind of creating the same sort of, in, you know, the same situation. Illusion, exactly, but but with a light box instead of, a right. you know, a, a source for you know that's cool yeah well i I mean and that's just progression of your art you know and and you as a person basically it's kind of coming out and super fun just yeah yeah. just how things just lead from one thing to the next and how you learn you go oh i you know well like you i mean this is your first remote uh right interview i have all the stuff that's in my 
normal except for the computer's different but exactly other than that it's the same thing that if we were sitting at my house right now yeah, yeah. and so it, i mean it was kind of a pain in the butt i'm sure but but now you'll but you know, the I next know, time it works and, yeah it's perfect yeah. Yeah, it and is. that's and that's. I mean, I ran into all kinds of trouble with these light boxes and had yeah. to redo them several I times. But you. now, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I, I I learned a lot. You're pretty close right now, at least. Um, yeah, these are awesome. Um, just, I just want to talk about them so bad, but I know we're not there yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, it, just talking about shows here at the Fish House and and how that's all come. How many years have you guys been here? We bought this building in 1994. Okay. And before that, we were over at the at the old fish house, the diver studio today. Um, we started um, renting that in 92. Okay. And I had, I when I got out of university and I moved into the pink building where I Oakland met Street. up with, with Jenny. Yeah. Um, at the, so I worked at the firm for a couple years and then I got out actually was laid off um but it was perfect timing I was sick of being there right. and and so it kind of forced my hand a little bit which sure. was a nudge out of the the nest I guess as it were the nest of making money <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so I didn't have any I didn't have any money and I had to move out of my apartment and so I ended up um moving into the that at that time that's when that was just our my studio uh -huh. the the old fish house and i had the front room where mike harris's frame shop uh-huh was yeah. he's he's now moved into another building on douglas I didn't but know that. recently very recently like okay. last <laughs> month kind of but um but that front room is where my studio was and i and i ended up just moving straight into there right so i put my bed in there and and i would <laughs> and i would shower at uh at friends' houses, uh -huh. like uh, it didn't I, have a shower in there. No shower, no. I mean, there was a toilet and a sink, but that was it. Yeah, and you so had running water. We had running so water. It was kind of camping. Yeah, I mean, I could do a you know a, a sink shower, a but sink shower, yeah. but you know, in the summer it got a little dodgy. But I was at the you know I'd go to the Y a lot, sure. and so I mean I swam every day, and so that was no well, you know as much as I could. And then, but um, but there were times when I'd be out. You know, I'd be either be working next door at the furniture shop or I'd be, you know, working Century 2 or whatever. And, you know, I'd go to a friend's house for dinner and I would have a towel and I'd say, yeah. do you mind if hey. I hop in the shower? Yeah. You know, and, and they would kind of get it anyway, probably tell you no problem. Yeah. We've yeah. got good friends and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah totally. They, they knew it already. And in <laughs> fact, John, who had, who still he at that time he was living in, in his apartment, um, I had a key to his place eventually where I would just go, go over to his shower. place and shower whenever I needed it. And that's cool. And, uh, so yeah. So that's <coughs> like, uh, what, what are we talking about? That's 92. Are we almost, are we on 30 years here then? Probably Yeah. close to it. Wow. And it's really kind of developed and changed and made itself into this kind of, to me, um, mecca of of artists where you have your your group is is solid and they show here well when it's not covid times and stuff well yeah and uh but even then you're you're doing some things to uh i don't know to promote art your own art and other art well you know we've 
so we evo- we evolved from being the the original four, the 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 founders of Fish House, and having these big sort of um, the multi the multimedia shows, mm-hmm. the events, to then we branched out. Like I think uh, we were doing plays where we would, and when I say we were doing plays, we weren't the actors or the directors. We basically. Right set up the chairs and made the stage and got the lighting and did the sound but but we invited in you know the the talented you know actors and sure. performers that we know and, and we did um some pretty pretty amazing amazing plays um we'd do theater in the round where we'd set mm-hmm. up a stage in the middle or we would and then we were doing concerts you know right various, and a lot of time you had your stage over here on yeah, your yeah this South this used to be where the dish was that dish right and and, and we moved it over yeah. there and now those walls actually flip around and become a flat wall you know a flat oh. surface for hanging art when there's not a, sh- a, show. a, a yeah so those are on wheels and they can and meanwhile, the oh, backs cool. of the walls are curved so that they echo the dish when they're open. Oh, neato! Which is really cool. Yeah. But the, and, and that's and, Eric. And right? that's Eric. Yeah. yeah, he designed it. He 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 um he he's the brainchild. He's that's the his brainchild, rather. Kind of guy. Oh yeah. yeah, he's super into acoustics, obviously. But um, and there's a there's a it, it's kind of amazing when you get into that sweet spot when somebody's in the sort of is it the apex of the dish right. or the you know the center of the dish where if if you're there and you're and and or somebody's that th- in there uh-huh. and then you're in the sweet spot it's amazing you it sounds like them, oh right? yeah it's it's that's what everybody always says is go sit where your head is kind of in the middle of the dish and then have somebody come over here exactly and, stand, and you can whisper and they can hear you totally yeah it's it's so cool it's i mean it's funny how musicians either love it or hate it i bet because <laughs> it's know, kind of funky and it's hard to, yeah exactly you know. but um then we um kind of connected with uh mark foley and the knob right i love knob fest stuff. mark so, foley and his jazz music uh, like well he's in the orchestra yeah, but he's too. everywhere. I mean, he traveled with Kirk and, right. and you know, and he he's He's like the greatest bass player. Yeah, he's he's all of the land. He's a tenured professor at WSU. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he teaches bass. He's um he started the uh Knob Fest. He's I mean, the guy is all over the place. Yeah. Um and and super solid. But uh and he and I have collaborated throughout the years too where he I like um in fact, recently, Mark Foley and Dan Racer, I got together with them, and each one of them composed different, uh, I'll say soundtracks. That's not pieces. Uh-huh. They're not soundtracks, but pieces based on the work that I was doing at the the, the, the last show, the, the, last the show. large paintings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they, that was the one where you had the crucifix of yourself sort of in a yeah, way. Yeah, so it was circus. the innumerable anxieties and, yeah, circus acts, but uh-huh. also, you know, the idea was um, you have the seven deadly sins and you uh-huh. have the heavenly virtues. These were the innumerable anxieties. Oh, cool. The anxiety, yeah. the endless and they were worries. too, some of those. Nine by nine on average. Yeah. And and so anyway, I had the show and I we started talking probably over beers and they they were like, Well, let's do a you know, a thing. And they've done we've done similar stuff sure. in the past, but 
so I gave them all my my writing and all the imagery, and then they came up with these amazing. And you can see them on my website, like the um, in the media okay. area. There's a there's a it's my lecture, and uh, the lecture is bookended by Mark's piece and and Dan's, Dan's work. Yeah, cool. And I'll <clears throat> put the link on on our page for that, so you can just click on that. Yeah, and, and you can blast through my my interview it's or my uh sorry my lecture it's pretty long and you know if but, you're if you're wanting to know about that it's good to check out sure so <laughs> sure so okay now and but, that was your last pieces and they did also when you had your show they did those pieces here performed here oh oh yeah yeah so stuff. yeah and, they they actually did do some of the elements from in a, in a knob fest from the one they oh. performed it at the Ulrich. Okay. And you know that's yeah. what they film. That's what they filmed during the. So that's the, where the film is. The lecture. From. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's set. Everything was set up in the in the galleries at the Ulrich Museum. Oh, cool. And then, <clears throat> but they did like I think both Dan and Mark played elements of their pieces in knob fest. The 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 subsequent mod, uh, knob you know the the knob fest that came after. Okay. That. But, but yeah, so Knobfest, just to explain, yeah. is uh, our new music festival. We started it, I think it was right around 98. Mm. And, and we've been doing it pretty much every year ever since, and except obviously we're not doing it this year. Everything's canceled. Uh, yeah. So, but it's a three-day festival, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Mm. <clears throat> and we've had... Um, it, and where it comes from, it's a new music festival, meaning that it's new compositions. Um, occasionally, they'll play uh, um, a composition by, say, John Cage or okay. you know different things. But they'll be they'll be done in a in a sort of a new, fresh way. Occasionally, they'll do a classic version of it ish. Okay. But for the most part, these are um, uh, composed. You know. Uh, music played by the composer usually wow. or or um so it's brand new music it's it's can be very challenging it can be um i mean one year we had um it was a, a stand-up bass and a saxophone and neither one of them played their instruments the way you would normally play those instruments oh, so really? like blowing on the mouthpiece of a sax and making these weird squeaking sounds and okay. then the, and it's like music for musicians okay <clears throat> in like a experimental way. experimental um, exactly right right and but sometimes i mean most but, of the time it's amazing like it can be amazing like yeah, it's it, for for person. for somebody that's a novice or a somebody that's that's you know not necessarily a musician that might mm -hmm. not understand the, the the little in jokes or whatever exactly you know? or like <clears throat> i i hear music i'm i'm a novice musician like i like music but, but you, you live with a musician right but and then they'll talk and i have no idea what they're talking about right so i'm just like <laughs> well i'm i kind of feel like that in knob i mean I, i've obviously gleaned a little bit of information throughout the years of it but i'm there as a support like i i'm on i've been on the board and i've i've been yeah, i've cool. you know i i've done i <clears throat> we do you know the t-shirts and the image but last year i was out i i kind of came up with the idea <clears throat> and it was so we had a theme for last year yeah 
So anyway, I'll, I'll explain that. But first, so Knob came about when uh, a bunch of the guys that, that were involved, that are involved in Knob, went to the Bonk Festival in, I think it's Tampa, Florida. Okay. And so the Bonk, the Bonk Festival is basically Knob, is, so Knob is Bonk <laughs> spelled backwards. Okay. So Bonk came yeah. first. These guys came down, met a bunch of people. Then they invited them to come play That's in Wichita. That's a good Wichita. idea. It would fit Come to Wichita. And so they said, well, let's change. Let's cha- what are we going to call this thing? Oh, how about Knob? And so that's mm-hmm. where it comes from. Okay. But <clears throat> over the years, that's morphed into what does Knob mean this year? So every year, the 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 imagery or the 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 idea behind Knob is the four letters, but made like... You know, kinetic, uh, nonsensical, obese, <laughs> Baptist, you know, or, right. you know, we come up with and whatever, whatever those four theme. words. Yeah. And it changes every year. Okay. And the t- the imagery. So like right now I'm wearing knob from uh, last year. Uh-huh. And oh. it is, it looks like a, if I remember correctly, like the a, Contemporary like Norse opera bureau and the t-shirt and i designed this and it's the t-shirt is kind of like an fbi symbol yeah it's like fbi meets uh operatic uh vikings yeah so there's like a viking helmet with wings but what's funny is this viking helmet with wings the logo i stole it from the (laughs) um homeland security symbol i mean i didn't i mean i just based it off that i i I turned the shield around to make the helmet yeah and i I mean i altered it but i i wanted it to appear very very um you know like fbi-ish or whatever governmental exactly (laughs) and and the reason it's the norse opera bureau is because um you know we wanted to do something that was uh, really going to address the state of our society right now, mm. right? And so Wagner is a very troubled artist in history <clears throat> because he was probably a white... He was an- anti-Semite, first oh, wow. of all. Oh, yeah, okay. He was um, notoriously anti-Semite, Um he he was problematic as an artist. However, his music is is everywhere. Right. You know, I mean, the Flight of the Valkyries, the <clears throat> you know, his he's another artist like Frank Lloyd Wright that we discussed earlier where mm-hmm. he thought of everything like his idea was um in I, are you familiar with the Ring Cycle which is where it's his big opera. It's like this four piece 24 hour long program. Right, Whoa. where it has dancing and costumes, and that's where the, you know, the Viking woman and she's singing, uh, and you know, the fat lady sings. This is Wagner, right? Okay. You know, so and we grew up with cartoons have this music, you know, Bugs Bunny, and so, and one of the things that he thought about was not only you know. What am I? What are the costumes going to be? And what are the what are the you know what, what and and the stage sets? Uh-huh. But he designed or had designed a theater, and the idea was his ultimate program would be he would he would do the ring cycle. It'd be this twenty four hours of opera, four rings, duh, 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 you know, and right. you know the and the and and 
the the storyline is this evil troll uh who steals the gold rings from the Rhine maidens and then and ah. and this is the great white knight um Siegfried not knight but you know right. viking you know the aryan race and all right. you know Hitler loved Wagner for example right, right? but right. Wagner was 100 years before or a little less than that anyway um but Isn't his, that where his Tolkien get his they they posit that exactly yeah. right okay. yes and so um Wagner, his idea was to he design, he had a, a a theater design. He would do this program, and mm-hmm. then he would set the he would blow the place up, oh, cool. and that was the end. You know, that was the end crescendo. You awesome. know, and I just thought that is mad, but yet that's freaking cool. Yeah. Like I mean, I think Even as an if, artist, if, yeah, neither here nor here there about the person right that did that, but the idea. Well, that's it, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't necessarily want to have dinner with this guy, but I, I, right. I really, but this is the problem, right? You, you appreciate like the what he did. I mean, you know, Star Wars basically is influenced by you know the right. light, the light motif, right? At the very last inning is the Death Star blowing up. Well, you know, well, the you know, the or... the main thing is like for the music, right? How each character oh, has yeah. their own music. That's a light motif. So, like when Siegfried would come right. into play, he would have his own theme. Darth Vader, same. Like right. he would come into a room and it'd be dun 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 sure. dun dun. That was his theme, and that's Wagner, yeah. right? And so, anyway, so we were talking about this, and we were saying, you know, in the age of Trump and <clears throat> white supremacy and all this craziness, like we should address this, and so we should let the artists for three days. Um, uh, explore Wagner in their own way, whether they mock it or they laud it or right. whatever they want, right? But we 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 discuss through music and art Wagner and okay. the the problems with how do you separate the art from the artist? How do you you know this whole thing? Sure. And this is also in the age of. You know Bill Cosby, who I adored as a kid. Me too. And now um, I'm I'm gutted. I am gutted. Yeah, it's terrible. I have to stop myself from quoting things that I've quoted my whole life, and now I'm like, ah, can't do that now. So yeah. th- it's been it's been a really terrible time f- for the arts, I would say. And so anyway, that was the yeah, idea, and I agree. We also decided so we invited this this artist group that I'd met in Kansas City called Paintalica. Mm-hmm. to come in they flew in from all over the country um a lot of them from um um shoot my brain yeah paintalica like metallica with paint. yeah montana you know they came oh, okay. a lot of them came from montana the the <clears throat> um i think uh somebody came from la and there was a, so like they were from all over but we met in kansas city had a blast they were in the gallery that i'm going to show in uh, next month. Okay. And that's um, what? Line? Next next for first Friday, uh, November 6th at Lady Volkis in the Crossroads in... Okay, I'm plugging now. Yeah, Crossroads. And also, we're going to do a live um, webcam for oh, people cool. that don't... That can't... That don't want to drive that's or don't awesome. want to be in a public place. But we're going to try to take major precautions and stuff. So... All right. Yeah, so you did. That's that fish. So... And I was, I was basically saying about the... Um, the knob fest last year mm-hmm. so we invited paintalica to come and and they basically they kind of slept 
all over the place and really and and uh, <laughs> Picasso's pizza like loaded them up with pizza cool. which was freaking great you know Kurt over yeah. there is awesome Good and pizza too. so like at the end of the night we would just get like those, those big ginormouses and feed everybody and Heck and yeah. I, I cooked a bunch too while they were here and uh, but they set up a couple of large walls of, and they just painted all night so the idea was we're going to do a production like the ring cycle that goes all night. So oh, okay. these guys, so totally. uh, I think Thursday night was just a, a, the, it's a slow, you know, the soft opening. And we had like three performances, you mm-hmm. know, three different acts or whatever. And they all kind of touched base on, on you know, somebody wore a helmet that had wings on or a horn okay. on it and did their piece. And somebody else had... Um, there was like an, uh, um, this, I think a rock band did like this opera thing where they, and that was amazing. And then, um, there were dancers and, and then starting on Saturday, how did we do that? I think we started on Friday night. Yeah, that's what it was. Friday night Mm -hmm. at, at, uh, eight o'clock and we went all the way till Saturday at 10. So we did, you know, 20. Was it one piece or was it? A lot of it was just ones. all different acts, and meanwhile, the painters painted all night long. There was somebody painting on the big mural all night long. Wow! And um, and we have several movies uh, on the website that show um, uh, time lapse of the whole oh, cool. overnight Not cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I, is that on Fish House? Fish House website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny. We had to take turns staying up, like. I took the <laughs> the early morning shift. Elizabeth stayed up until like four in the morning. I yeah. got up at four and stick stuck around until you know, oh, wow. just to kind of be available. But but these guys, it was it was amazing, and um, it was probably one of the best knob fests. It sounds good. Yeah, it was great. Man, that sounds good. I'm I'm sad I missed it. I don't think I was able to come out. I don't know what we were doing then. Yeah, hmm. Mark Foley did like six hours of coding, which is just this way of he's he's doing uh computer code that translates into music and it's just oh, this wow. beautiful like atmospheric thing and he would just and slow and and he was oh. just like set up and so you could so people could come in any time in the night and just hang out and we would had, they come yeah we had oh, wow. we had probably I mean, there were times when it was just the artist and the musician and me or Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And then, but then like somebody came in at three in the morning and hung out and they brought some beer and just sat and wa- watched and listened. That's cool. And, yeah, it was amazing. Really cool. Yeah. All right. I think we're pretty much ready for your new um, show and yep. your new pieces and yep. talk about that. If you want to. Yeah, sure. Well, so I I had just gotten done with um, that show at the Ulrich Museum, which was um, a couple years ago. And it was those huge nine by nine paintings. And I was kind of burned out of, you know, doing such large work. And it was a blast while I was doing it. But I I needed to work smaller. Mm -hmm. I needed something that I could do without having to enlist Elizabeth to help me move it around or haul it around. So I I decided to go back to my roots of drawing, which is, uh, I think I told you earlier, where I I would just bring a stack of paper, you know, back in the old fish house days where we didn't have heating or cooling. And if it was too hot or cold, I would go spend the day in the library or go to the Riverside Perk. and, And I would spend the day just 
doing these drawings and these drawings, I would start these drawings with five lines and I would use my non-dominant hand. You know, originally this was a, a, a game my mom used to play with me, right? So okay. she would just draw five lines, scribble them on a page, hand me the page, and I would have to make something out of it. Oh, cool. You know, it was a way to keep me busy. I always loved to draw. And, and so I decided, well, this, and what I like about this method of, of working is <clears throat> it's kind of like, and I mentioned this earlier to, uh, to somebody else. So in, Can in French Canada, they have a meal called the Tuski. Okay. And a Tuski is uh, a meal that you make when you look in your fridge and in your cupboards and you go, okay, I've got some old chicken, I've got some, or leftover chicken. Right. You don't want old chicken, but <laughs> leftover chicken, you've got some noodles, you've got, you know, some salad dressing. What am I going to make for dinner? And you, you whip up this meal based on what you have. And it's the best meal ever sometimes, right. you know? And so sometimes it's not, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of times I, I do those. it is, do, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's often the way I will work. I, you know, having a blank piece of paper is sometimes um, debilitating. You know, you, how do you, yeah. where do you go from a blank piece of paper? But when you have these self-imposed limitations Right. Suddenly, it gives you some borders to work with with your creativity. That suddenly you're, you know, you can work within these borders. You don't uh -huh. you don't have an open range, you know. Right. And for me, that I, I excel. You know, I I I love that. I I love that the little bit. It's like fish house. Fish house is a giant tuski. You know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. all of our building materials, we got either salvage or I pulled it out of the trash. You right. know, or we, you know. It's it's all junk that nobody or somebody didn't want it, but it worked great for our purposes. Right, and it turns into something beautiful. Exactly, that somebody really wants. You yeah, know, or you know, like even just the architecture. Like if you go up in our in our house where where Elizabeth and I live on the third floor, like the whole kitchen probably cost me 500 bu bucks to build mm -hmm. and the the money came from having to buy new plumbing because obviously I'm not going to use old pipes you right. know but everything else the lumber the 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 tile on the floors yeah, really the cool marble really countertops yeah it's yeah. all salvage even right. the the light fixtures that hang over the countertops I pulled out of the dumpster across <laughs> the street because they they threw them away exactly yeah and so um, to me, that is the best way to work, design, do art, whatever. So, oh, I think so, too. So the lines are that. So I have these lines and I have these, this paper and I would do these lines and I would look, look, look at the, you know, turn the page around, kind of see what they mean to me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I would, I would draw from those. And I did hundreds of these drawings over the years, whether I was, like I said, at the library or at the, at the cafe. So after my show at the Ulrich, you know, I realized that I'd, I'd been doing these really large scale pictures. And before that, I was doing these really um, detailed portraits of my friends and uh -huh. very, very detailed um, renderings of, of my interiors, you know, mm -hmm. the interiors of our house, like those 28 right. foot long you know, uh, interior oh, yeah. pieces of our, you know, uh, panoramic of our living spaces cool. and stuff. And, and a lot of these paintings take months to, to create. Right. And so 
to go and sit down and do a drawing or two in mm. a day is yeah. so exhilarating if you've not been doing that for a while. Oh, I imagine. And so I decided that's what I wanted to do. So I started doing these drawings recently, mm -hmm. uh, two years, uh, like after my show, like I said. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized after like 10 of these drawings that they sort of had this um, common sort of theme, I guess, uh, a narrative that mm. was starting to evolve. <clears throat> and so I took that idea and sort of then then I had a direction. Okay. And so the direction was uh, the la the myth of the labors of Hercules. Okay. And in, in, in the myth, right, it's an ancient myth. Uh, it's attributed to the, the ancient Greeks, but it might be older than that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's basically the foundation of storytelling as we know it, okay. this myth in particular. And so, and it's also the basis of our constellations that we know. It's like, so it's a very powerful story, very powerful myth. And I, I saw it as a way to contextualize what's happening today in our world, okay. in our society. So what I've done is I've taken these five line drawings and, and done, there are 13 total images. Um, I have 13 images because one's a diptych. So there are 12 labors, but there's one that's a two-parter. Okay. And <clears throat> each one of them is uh, referencing the original. So the, the myth is Hercules has to compare um, complete 12 tasks and these tasks are to kill the the Nimian lion who is this terrible lion that's killing uh -huh. people and he has to capture this thing and kill that thing I mean it's quite right. you know so he's a hero in quotes kind of but you know it's pretty dodgy stuff right but anyway in my story the hero again and I'm using air quotes um is the golden rat so he's the and instead of the the labors of hercules the the this myth has been told as the tasks of hercules and the trials of hercules right. so instead of the labor the 12 labors of hercules i have the trials of the golden rat which is the title of my okay. my exhibition and you can guess who the golden rat is, and I'm addressing <laughs> all of the issues surrounding that golden rat. And each right. one of them, I'm referencing not only the each labor. You know, I have it a was hydra. The, like the original labor. Right. So, like, for example, the original labor is he has to kill the, the hydra. Mm -hmm. And the hydra is this nine-headed serpent-like creature that... Um, you kill you you cut off one head two more grow out right uh, yeah, it's yeah. classic right yep and so um in my version it's a nine-headed baby thing and the babies <laughs> are the babies are all these white little babies and they're cry, they're all crying and one of them is holding the main one is holding a silver spoon uh -huh. and the idea i'm addressing white privilege and uh -huh. how we're you know, anyway, I don't want to get into it, but, but that's the idea right. behind it. And so, um, and so each one of these, I address the, the, the hashtag me too movement. I address, um, you know, the party system. I address, uh, sexual ambiguity or sexual orientation, right. um, identity, the, the military and how we use the military and how we treat our military, mm -hmm. which is very poorly. 
Um, uh, so all of these you things. You had the media on the you had the media in there too. And the media, yeah. exactly right. And so each one of these labors represents something that's happening today as well. So mm -hmm. there is a kind of a, a monkey puzzle, this whole thing, where I had to use these five lines. I had to had to have it be somewhat cohesive as a as a group visually. So each one is kind of an animal human hybrid. Right. It had to fit within the myth, but it also had to be contemporary, um, timely today. Right. And so it, it kind of broke my brain a little bit. Yeah, well, it sounds like, you know, like you were saying, Frank Lloyd Wright, or you thought about every piece of it to the degree that you were able to develop the concept and story and, and how you wanted to represent it. Which is a blast. Yeah. You know, I love that part of it, too. I mean, it's more than just a drawing. You know, it's more than just, to me, it's fun to have this backstory. Now, you can walk into the show and what you'll see are 12 lithograph, or 13 rather, uh, lithographic images. Right. You know, these are all printed on, you know, they're, um, each one of these prints, you have, they have to go through the press th between two and three times. Right. They're different, each color, you have to pull it through the press. Um, uh, so these are sort of small-ish drawings that, uh, and there's a limited edition version of, you know, these. Yeah. And then there are these light boxes where I've blown up certain images to say another thing using okay. these same images. And for example, the, the, um, the Sarnian uh, hind capturing the hind, which is a, um, it's a female deer, a doe that has golden antlers and it's the fastest animal on earth and Hercules has to capture it. Well, in my version, I do a male-ish version and a female-ish version. What's interesting is the female version has the horns, which generally um, uh, doe do not have uh, horns. So right. I just thought that was really interesting to have this sexually ambiguous figure, yeah. the figures. And so I've got them, um, they're four by six foot uh, figures um, blown up on, on light boxes and they're sort of running at each other. And then in the middle is a, uh, is a, um, a human heart with a crown over the top. And, and that's also a light box. And I'm sort of mimicking the, the old heraldry or the, right. the coat of arms that our fam, you know, family coat of arms. So yeah. I'm sort of addressing this as the, the new family coat of arms, the new heraldry is the name of the piece. So, okay. and that, and that's my version of it. So you'll see these light boxes. What's funny is I, I decided to take these these fly images yeah and i i took i blew up these fly images and printed them <clears throat> i sent them to my my printer that prints them on the acrylic two days later and my idea was they are symbols of decay uh -huh. and also you know rats kind of are also part of that imagery and i thought i would sprinkle these fly images throughout the space just to kind of emphasize the right. idea of you know, this Decay. is a decaying society, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I love, I, and they're very loosely drawn flies, human, you know, or house flies rather. Yeah. And, and, uh, anyway, I sent those, those images to the printers and like the next day, the vice presidential debate happens <laughs> and, and Pence has a fly landing on his For head, like and now everybody's minutes, talking about fly. Exactly. It wasn't like just the fly. I could not have planned that any better. That's, I mean, it was yeah, that amazing. Was really kind of eerily spooky in a way. Yeah, seriously. So prescient. And, 
it's all representative of of you know your work and i think it's top-notch level and how you're kind of pushing the boundaries and when you push the boundaries a lot of times you run into the present and the future to get you know and how they blend together it's yeah amazing so so this is the part of the show so we've kind of went through your life here in wichita and before and this is the part of the show where i kind of ask everyone um about inspiration and where they draw inspiration or if they have a, a story of inspiration that they'd like to share with other people? Well, <clears throat> you know, these, I, I would say I, I get inspiration from all over the place. But one of the things that I've really, um, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of the right word, treasured. So Elizabeth and I, we spend a lot of time together, obviously. <clears throat> and we're both, for example, we're both, we, we run together. We'll go out on these runs together. And in fact, when we're in Montreal, um, which I don't know if we said it, but I said it, but I, we, you know, we spend, uh, from June 15th to October 15th every year there. So we're there for four months out of the year. So we're essentially living there in the summer. Right. And we spend our summers or have spent our summers in the last, well, we spent our summers there for 20 years, except for this year. But the last, I would say, eight or nine years, we, um, we've we been running the marathon, the oh, Montreal okay. Marathon. Cool. And so f- that's kind of our, I mean, I have a studio up there so I can work in my studio there and I get a lot of work done there. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth can work remotely on her architectural work so oh, okay. and her art, artwork as well. And so it's kind of perfect. We just move house, get out of the heat and go there. Mm-hmm. And so, but we'll spend a lot of time outside. Montreal is amazing in the summers. Like, mm. and we just run, we'll just run for half a day. And we're it's very we, temperate there. Oh, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. the, and the, and like in Wichita, I have about two routes that are nice that, you know, Riverside and you go by the museum that and to, that are very pretty right. and you're not going to be on the highway somewhere. You're not going to be right. in Montreal. There are 20 places you know we every Plus every it's, lush. it's 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 yeah and it's te- very temperate and that we have the mountain uh-huh. we have the old mont the old port to go to which is kind cool. of a you know the oldest it's montreal is one of the oldest cities in north america so it's like this beautiful you know cobblestone wow, you know so yeah. you can run down there and 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 so we every morning we wake up and go okay which where do you want to run today oh let's do this north stadium run or let's oh, do the yeah. you know and so um, and when we're on these runs, we just have the the best discussions, right? I used to listen to podcasts when I when we would run, right. and then we just started doing these brainstorming sessions, yeah. and and it is so inspirational. Like she'll say something or tell me something she's working on, and suddenly we're off and running, and we're just going right. back and forth, and she's you know I'm I'm bouncing ideas off her and vice versa, and. And so many, I mean, in a way, I would say she's more than just my partner in the classic sense of the word between a man and a woman. But, um, I mean, so much of, I mean, you know, that, that, the, the Hydra piece that I I remember distinctly, we were running across the Jacques Cartier bridge and I was trying to come up with this concept, like, what's the Hydra going to be? What's, how do I represent the, and we just started this bantering back and forth. And, and 
and that's how I arrived at it. Without oh, okay. her, I don't know if I would have come up with that. But it's like this, I don't know how to explain it, but right. you know, I'll say, well, what about this? And then she'll say, oh, well, that makes me think of this. And then I'll go, oh, that's now we're going over here. And now right. we're doing this. And, and we yeah. just have these. And there, it's funny. I feel like we should have a red phone. <laughs> and anybody that has any, because we'll solve the world's problems oh, on these sure. runs. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but but I would say right now, and and it has been like this for twenty years. Um, that is not only is it inspiring, but it it's just it's a blast. It makes it might it makes being creative and and just living so much fun. Like we just we're at, we're at work all day and all we're doing is just goofing around and and yeah, that's you know really cool. shooting the shit and just coming up with ideas and and uh I, I that that's everything to me. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um I really appreciate you being on the show and catching a pocket with me. Absolutely. And it's been my pleasure. And it's my it's I have am honored to be uh involved. Yeah. And to be invited. This is great. Yeah, well, thank you. And um, is there any other plugs you want to put in at the last minute here, or any shout-outs? Um, but but do try to um, tune in if you can't make it to Kansas City. My the show will be up till mm, probably mid January, and then I have oh, to cool. pack it up and probably send it to Cal- uh, Chicago. So okay, I've got a show. Well, in I will be on the lookout for that. I would enjoy a, a, a weekend in Kansas City just to get away. Yeah, and I'm sure they're doing their masks and all the things. That oh yeah, I during the week or whatever, yeah. you like it's you know it's a huge space, and there are no more than five or ten people in there at any one time. Right. So it's I think it's completely safe. Safe, and okay. we're going to take all the precautions we can for the opening on uh, coming up um, on the sixth of this of next month. Oh, it's coming so, right up. Yeah, a week from yesterday. So all right. Well, I hope you do. Just amazing. I'm sure you are, just from the look of things. Man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Yeah. A lot of work, though. Everybody, <laughs> go on up there or check it on the website. I will post it when I post this podcast. And everybody, check out Patrick Dugan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. part of the show i really enjoyed it man it was a great conversation at least to me it was it was awesome so anyway uh he's going to be at the lady vocus art center until january i'll leave his links on this page so just look below and you can find them um if you have any questions you can email me at catchapocket at gmail.com you can find us on Google, and you can find us on TuneIn and Spotify and Apple. 
and all those things. And you can like us and share us and tell your friends. We'd really appreciate that. But once more, I would appreciate if you would wear your masks out in public and that you would wash your hands and you would keep your distance, especially from me. It's going to be a lonely winter, people, but we can do it together with some positive activities that don't transmit a deadly virus. Okay? All right. So, with that, I hope you guys catch a pocket that you can be proud of. Nothing containing Corona. Okay? Fun fact. Um, Patrick created all the artwork for the covers of all of Kirk Rundstrom's albums. Which is so cool. And Kirk Rundstrom is the person playing and writing the music. The intro and outro of this podcast. So... Fun fact. See you next time.